What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Priceline. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place, whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. For me, my happy place is in the Mediterranean. I think I've mentioned that. Maybe it's why I like Love Island so much because they're right by the Mediterranean. But I just love the feeling of being in the sea and it's just a great sea. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals. And you even get to choose your crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. And for me, I'd love to go on a trip to the Mediterranean with friends. In fact, I might be doing that in the near future. I have done it before, And it was really some of the most fun I've ever had. I went to Sicily. We had some great swimming there, me and my friends. Anyway, if you want to have a similar experience, download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy price with Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet and the other... Well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Welcome to Bachelor Party. I'm Julia Littman. Today, I am joined by my colleague, Lindsay Jones. Lindsay, welcome. How are you? I am thrilled to be here. Longtime listener. First time time guest. I'm very excited. You are one of many Americans who live at the intersection of football fandom and Bachelor fandom. I mean, is this your true community? Bachelor and football fans? (laughs) This really is. I mean, I think there is like a subset of people who like watch The Bachelor for sport. Yes, absolutely. And a lot of, and there's a lot of sports writers who do this. Yeah. There's sometimes during the year that The Bachelor or Bachelorette overlaps with football season and like Monday Night Football specifically. And it's like a huge challenge because I live in Colorado where oh. the show is, does not air at the same time as the East Coast. So I'm like, well, I don't be on Twitter because I don't want to be spoiled from The Bachelor, but I need to be there because I need to be <laughs> talking about football. So it's very challenging to uh, be a, yeah. a, a West Coast football. But it, there's, there is a thriving sport slash football slash bachelor universe. It's a re- it's a real thing. I mean, it's it is it's kind of crazy. Obviously even more with Jesse Palmer now, but I mean, I should just say Lindsay is a football editor and podcaster here at The Ringer and also the president of the Professional Football Writers of America, which like I don't know why I've referenced that twice to Lindsay herself in the last 10 minutes, but hey, it's a, it's a big deal to me, so I thought I would include it here. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't know if one is necessarily relevant to the other, other than I'll be, you know, at the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks and also probably trying to watch, you know, The Bachelor over the weekend. I think many of them closed. Have you visited any of Ben Higgins's like cafes in the Denver area? I think they, cl- I think they closed in COVID. So it would have had to have been a few years ago. I have not, but I do live in the bachelor hotbed of of Denver, yeah. Colorado. And I did run into Ben Higgins organically one time and I was super cool about it. That's I was awesome. Not, like a weirdo. Ben's so a, like a genuinely great person. I'm not just saying that. Like he's wonderful. So yeah, I met his mother. She was she oh. was lovely. We were at a it was before like a half marathon cool. race packet pickup. And it was like we were literally like next to each other in line. And I was like, oh hi, nice did to meet you. Who had a faster time in the race? You or Ben? Oh, him sig- by a significant <laughs> I'm kind of surprised by that. Like more impressed by him than not shots at you. Okay, cool. So we're here to talk about former college football player, Zach Shalcross. Zach played at Cal Poly. Did we know that about him? Did we know that about him last season? I, it's Cal Poly Division One. I just need to counter with that. That's a good, that's a good question. This is where we need Roger Sherman. I'm going to be looking it up in, in real time. I knew he played football because it was a part of his weight loss story, which... Spoiler. Okay. Fair. I talked yeah. to Zach. I interviewed him and I asked him about some some what it's like being on TV, seeing himself after like he's talked about his weight. So it was interesting. It was nice of him to answer. I asked him like a very personal question without warning. So you'll hear that the second half of this episode. But did we know? We knew that he lost a lot of weight after playing football, but with like linemen and stuff, like it's hard to know if you if you bulk up to be a lineman or you are a lineman because you have the bulk for it. Like I I don't know how that works. Perhaps you know better, but we did that that's the only way that I was aware of it. Yeah, I mean and so you know my intersection with like the bachelor and football, you know, the football and the bachelor or whatever is that athletes and specifically former football players tend to do very very well on this show to the point that a couple of years ago while I still worked at the athletic we did a story about this it was during the pandemic and <laughs> you know one of those where we need stuff sure. to write about I will say the interviews in the story didn't hold up that well because it was you know Colton Underwood and oh, Chris Harrison and stuff but the thesis was right on and I feel like if I had known that Zach was a former college football player I probably would have maybe paid a little bit more attention to him in Rachel and Gabby's season. But yeah, these guys tend to do well because they they thrive in like a group setting. Like they tend to be kind of like alpha males. Yeah. They know how to navigate a quote unquote locker room. So that is like if you're playing fantasy, sure. fantasy bachelor, which I'm not currently this season. I feel like that would be cheating working here at the ringer, <laughs> but I have in the past. And like, I mean, it's a pretty winning strategy is to identify the former collegiate or professional athletes. But he defies so much of that. Zach has no alpha energy. And I, I've i been really it's mean true. about Zach. I like, I like talking to him. I think he seems like a nice guy. I'm just saying, like, as my bachelor, he's not giving me that bachelor vibe that we, that we tend, tend to, to root for. Like, Jordan Rogers, he is not, you know? <laughs> so, and I feel yeah. like that's, like, the prototypical, like, alpha male football energy that gets you to the end. Even even a Sean Lowe got you really far. He also played college football. I mean, so many of these guys did. It's kind of like a joke. But by the way, Cal Poly is Division One, And Zach just does not have, does not have the, the like, I played professional. I played Division One sports vibe. And I think that, like, there, I think there's... He was a lineman, you said? I think so. It varies a lot. I, I don't want to say that all college athletes, all college football players are a monolith. But... 
I I just don't think that he has any of the college football energy that I I'm used to knowing about. <laughs> so right. well, I'm gonna look up his college football stats here. Okay. Oh yeah, he yeah, played he was, offensive line, yeah. which that this tracks, right? Does it? He does not have quarterback energy. He no. definitely has offensive lineman energy. That's being more like, I'm not in the forefront. I don't want praise for what I do. I just want to go in and do my job well and not have people talk about me, which doesn't make the best lead for (laughs) this show, I think is what we're saying. I need to talk. I need to be hypnotized into liking Zach, I think, or something. I'll get there. Eventually, I talk myself into it, but I want to know which women you've talked yourself into so far. If you can tell them apart. It's very, very hard. Yeah, it has been hard to tell them apart. All the wavy hair. It's like, honestly ridiculous. It's hard. I I listened to your, the draft Mm. the other day that you and Callie and Jody did. And at that point, I couldn't really tell any of them apart. I had already watched at least part of the premiere at that point when I, when I listened to that. When I listened really to that episode, th- you're and really I, thorough journalist. I love it. I gotta do my I gotta do my homework here. <laughs> um, and I still mostly didn't know who any of these women were. So yeah, I I think I was in on Katie, okay. who was Jody's number one pick. Yes, and she got a lot of screen time. We're, we're feeling positive about Katie in general, thinking she'll be yeah, around. Yeah, and a while. I think Bailey kind of stuck out to me. I was very curious about Ariel. Mm. Who glad you brought I would her up. Love I'm, I'm, I would kind of like your take on, on Ariel. Cause she, she screams like, where is she? Do you know where she's from? Do we remember where she's from? She grew up in New York like, city. Okay. She, I was going to say she has very like New York city, East coast. Yes. I believe she's vibes. Jewish. Very yeah. few non-Jewish Ariels out there. I would than, be, st- I would be stunned if she was Mermaid. <laughs> but she also Fair. went to high school. Like she went to Trevor day, which is extremely close to where I grew up. It's also where Mallory Edens, like these, like sort of the daughter of Wes Edens, who's one of the co-owners of the Bucks, who's like kind of famous for like being on the sidelines a lot and stuff. And I just feel like it is like a similar, similar energy. So I don't think that Zach will be able to handle Arielle, but I did really like her. She was all over the trailer. Yeah. And here's my one little like theory about why she's going to do, go far and do well in this. Because she had, didn't she make like a really like overt sexual innuendo in her limo entrance. Yes. And it did not get the like hokey jokey, <laughs> she's going to be like a silly, like throwaway character. No. Like she very much got the romantic music, but she literally said nothing. Can I say this? Yes. Am I going to get fired? Nothing can stop me from coming. <laughs> she said that was her intro. I was like, wait, 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 what? what? Like, Back up, back up. And it just, no, nothing stopped. There was no like mic drop, like record scratch, nothing. It was just like, <laughs> Do you think she cool. meant it? Just- because the, the line before that was, she was the one who lost her luggage. And she she said, <laughs> I missed my flight to get here. My suitcase broke. My dress even ripped. But nothing sto- nothing was going to stop me from coming. So I don't know. Did she I mean know. it? I don't I mean- know. <laughs> But it didn't, he didn't clock it. He wasn't like, he was like, oh, thank you. He wasn't like, oh, good point. He wasn't like, oh, I'm so scandalized. And as Callie and I discussed, he doesn't give us like um, a freak in the sheets type of energy either. So fair. Fair. (laughs) But so I'm just kind of curious because I think she was getting a, you know, she's getting like a a nice, you know, like setting her up. And yeah, she wasn't getting like the Katie Thurston, like she's going to be like, right. And Holland, who had Even the other... Katie ended up being... Oh, Holland. She had man. the other sexual innuendo, and she's now gone. But 
I think that Dak also likes the brunettes that actually, like, don't look like everyone else. They're, they are their own type that, like, they look like other people, but they don't look like Katie or Caitlin or Christina or Kat or Brooklyn or Kara or Bailey with, like, the long waves, brown hair, blonde highlights. The Dyson, like, uh, the Dyson hair wrap. Yeah, and I'm commercial. just like... That's what they all are. Yeah, Sonia has that hair. Catherine has that hair. Kimberly kind of has that hair. Like, it's rampant. And I really, I thought we left this hair behind in 2013. I thought we were ready to move on. Well, 2022, my, like, TikTok for you page was, like, nothing but, like, tutorials about to do that. that. And that might just say a lot about me. (laughs) Yeah, where it was, like, the Dyson hair wrap and, like, the Dyson hair wrap dupes. So I think there's, like, definitely a, a genre of that. I will say, I think the person who, like, jumped off screen at me, who I know literally nothing about, Mm -hmm. is... Davia. Oh, yeah. Davia was wearing that really cool white dress. Yeah. She was the one, I think, in my notes, I just wrote, like, super hot. Yes. Like, she's beautiful. To the point that she probably should be on Selling Sunset. <laughs> yeah. She kind of, she in real estate? Yes. She kind of looks like a, no offense, but a prettier Davina, in my opinion, in similar yeah. name. Well, and the name was yeah. kind of similar. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, she gave me a very, like, airbrushed, like, should be ringing that yeah, she, closing bell. Her makeup was really, really impressive. I, I agreed with that for sure. Let's talk about Greer, because what I was going to say is that Ariel and Greer don't look like each other, but they have like a, they, they too have a similar look, which is like the dark hair, long, it's a, it's a variation on a theme. Basically just like they're missing the blonde highlights and therefore their makeup looks different because they're like framing their face differently. In the day since the, the premiere was on, it's come out that Greer, when she was in high school, was involved in, she was went to high school in Houston and she was in, involved in a pretty controversial Instagram where she was in blackface. And I believe that she claimed that she was dressed up as a ghost for Halloween. But people who saw her say that she actually was dressed up as Tupac. She was wearing a Tupac t-shirt. And that her social media suggested that she was a defender of Trump, if not pro-Trump. So, you know. yeah. It's, that'll be a that'll be a tough watch throughout this season. Yeah, and also like this comes up a lot, which is, and I think you have to ask like, do does the Bachelor is this negligence where they don't check, or do they want this type of person on the show? And I think with so many of these examples, like it's hard it's hard for me to go with the they don't check. So you know, do they want like a firebrand maybe? But like, does that have to include being? actively racist. Like, I I don't think so. Like, you can find controversial people another way. So it's just like, it's just, you know, to say it's disappointing is an understatement, but I guess also at this point, not surprising. And it's yeah. terrible. It's just terrible. As as an old person yeah. who did not have social media in high school, I just don't understand why people still have their social media that they posted when they were 16. I don't I either. Just, it blows my mind. I, I don't either. And I also just Scrub like, it. I just kind of like can't believe... I mean, this is now the second season in a row where we're talking about a contestant in blackface in high school. Like, I don't, that's not really a common, I mean, also, it's not common. 2016. Right. This wasn't high school in like 1964. Right. This was high school literally six years ago. Right. Which which says a lot about how young these contestants are. It says she's 24. (laughs) So I wonder if the timing is like a little bit fuzzy or something, because that would be, she would be 22 if she was like 18 in high school. Oh, no. No, sorry. It could no. have been her senior year. I yeah, guess, you're right? right. Sorry, I just can't do math at, at 4.51 p.m. On an, in an afternoon. Sorry. <laughs> Simple additions beyond my comprehension. Anyways, it's, it's it's pretty horrible. Also, another thing that came out is that Greer and Gabby, I think, went to college together, which I did not know. Gabby the maple syrup girl? Yes. That's correct. Oh. 
I'm glad you brought how up did, the, the maple syrup because— How did Hughes—where did they go to college? Do we know? I'm going to look it up while I talk to you. But I meant to okay. mention this to Callie on Monday. What is with the show and maple syrup? This is not the first time they've done a maple syrup shot. Like, they definitely did it in Katie's season, like, with, with like, Blake's, like, fake hometown. And I'm just like, that's not a thing. Like, who, who behind the scenes thinks that taking a shot of maple syrup is, like, something that anyone might agree happened? I, it's very bizarre. And it's just a very, like, narrow read on, like, what people from Vermont— I mean, to be clear, I mean, maybe Gabby wanted this for herself, was like, this is the way that he'll remember me because I'm from Vermont, and, like, that's what Vermont is. But uh, there's probably more than that. I will say I blanked out. I, Katie's season was the one season I skipped. Oh, you didn't miss I think anything. I've watched Don't literally worry. every other season in the history of this franchise. Don't worry. I have two pieces of information for you. One is okay. Gabby and Greer went to Ole Miss, so— there's which like I, that tracks Vermont for me. to Oxford, Mississippi yes. is that really changes how I feel about Gabby. Interesting. Like you were you, were you imbuing her with like Northeast vibes, and now, yeah. you're, now you're like, oh, you're an SEC girl. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I've always wanted to go to Oxford. I've never been. It is very fun. I I used I, I covered University of Florida football. Back in the Tim Tebow days, so a very long nice. time ago. And that was one of the uh, one of my first road trips, and it was real fun. SDC. Yeah, it was a good it, time. It means more. Update number two, Greer has released an apology for her, her photos. And, they, and this is what she wrote. She did a notes app on her story on Instagram. The journey to love is filled with lessons, and these lessons are also made on our journey of growth. In my past, I have made some uneducated, ignorant, and frankly wrong comments on my social media accounts. In particular, in 2016, I used misguided arguments on Twitter to defend a student who dressed in blackface as Tupac for Halloween. Okay, so it wasn't Greer herself. So it wasn't her. She defended somebody else. Okay. Yeah, she defended someone else. I'm deeply sorry to those I have hurt, especially those within the Black community, not because these screenshots have resurfaced, but because I ever shared those harmful opinions at all. Time and age do not excuse my actions, but this is not a reflection of who I am today. I do not stand by or condone the damaging opinions and the behaviors I shared during that stage of my life, and I will forever regret making those offensive remarks. Well, I'm glad she acknowledged it. I will say, the show deserves no credit. However, this is definitely an improvement on how the Rachel situation was handled with Matt James, where Rachel sure. yeah. Rachel in the show said nothing. I don't know if Greer had to get this approved, but I'm I'm just glad it's addressed and they did not like waiting until... <laughs> After the final race. Yeah, where they something. didn't even yeah. address it. Where and, and I don't know if you're aware of this, but there was like this rumor that one of the reasons Michelle Young left working on the Bachelor podcast is because she went to the finale like expecting that they would they would like confront Eric about his blackface scandal and they didn't and so she was just like I'm done with this which I'm out. yeah totally yeah, that understandable. was really that was really poorly handled yeah terrible um, but I'm glad she acknowledged it and I hope she's changed you know I think she can prove that by being herself and we'll be able to judge but at least she acknowledged it so do we think there'll be some like Greer Gabby drama I don't know. Ahead. I feel like they would have played that up if if there was. If they, like they, they were they were pie together at Ole Miss. They were they were in the same sorority at the same time. Yeah, and that was not a story. What are you doing, producers? Like literally, this is being handed also, to you I, on a platter. I remember from my time in college that Pi Phi has a really good song, so they should have like sung it. Pi Pi Beta Phi. I was not in Pi Phi, uh, but I just remember it. Anyway, I literally only know about this from Bama Rush TikTok. 
So. You're just really on TikTok a lot, Lindsay. That's what I'm learning about you. <laughs> Way too much for anybody my age should be trusted. I admire it. I, I need to be consulting you more about TikTok dreads. Why don't we just hear from Zach at this point? That He's so milk toast. Sorry, I'm, I forgot I'm being positive. He was very nice. I, I will say, just teaser, I'd love to get your feedback on this. Zach said that he read a lot while he was The Bachelor. And I was like, what did you read? And he was like, Stephen King. And he's trying to read every Stephen King book, which... That's the most surprising thing I think I've learned about Zach. Yeah. Well, I would like to just get to know a little bit Mm -hmm. about him. I mean, I think one of my biggest critiques of this franchise and things that have driven me crazy about it over the last couple of years is like they're just failing narratively. Yes. And they're leaning so much into just like the petty drama that we don't know like literally anything about anybody who's on this show. I mean, we get a couple intro packages in in the first episode. And then largely they become caricatures. It's a great point. It was a huge problem with Rachel and Gabby. There was no narrative at all. And I I actually, on a philosophical level, one thing we both noted is that this season really feels like a return to form or like a throwback of some kind. Do you think that's good? At first I was like, I don't think that's good. But now I'm actually like, as we dig into like the sort of idea of like building narrative, they did used to do that better. So do you think that that's a smart choice? And, And like, is it something that, like, you know, viewers in 2023 will be interested in. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, the the years where they, like, strayed from format because Colton went AWOL and jumped a fence, like, that was thrilling at the time because I think it had gotten, like, kind of flat and just, like, that you knew exactly what was going to happen every week and it was, you know, the, there was no uniqueness yeah. to the leads or to the the contestants, whether it was bachelor or bachelorette but then it was like season after season after season of like just pure chaos and you kind of lost like well what are we even doing here yeah we've been watching this show so I think in some ways like a return to like this is kind of the format of the show might be okay because I think they've lost like what what the show is supposed to be about in the first place although to be fair I've I don't think I've like watch the show like caring about the love story at the end since like 2006. So, you know, I I do like the the drama and unpredictability of it and the characters. I just want to see the characters. Like I want to know who these people are. I want to be invested in who they are to the end so that I'll watch Paradise. Like I was not into Paradise this summer because like I didn't know who any of these people were because we didn't know anything really about them when they were technically on their seasons. So, you know, I just hope if it, if they are going back a little bit to a throwback type season that they'll do a little bit jo- a little bit better job narratively. Yeah. Um, I, I will I say also the fashion was super retro. What'd you say? Like I said the the fashion yes. was also like super retro. Like if it wasn't for the HD cameras and stuff, like it could have been yeah, know, like 2010 like or whatever. Brad right? Womack season yes. or something. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, especially the, the body glitter. <laughs> yeah, the body glitter. Also, the two women who were wearing Christina Mandrill and the, I forgot the other one, but they were wearing the same dress. I don't know why they had oh, to yeah, like yeah. check the tag to confirm that. Like, just look at each other. But anyway, it's so true. Like all of the like the sequins and the shapes they were wearing, it was very very retro. To be fair, Jess, the girl with the body glitter, like she was too young. She was not alive for the first time. Oh my god, she's body glitter. She's so young. She She's her. I thought she looked great. Body glitter, I never supported it, but I do think she looked very good. But 
I also, I, I, as you were saying that, like, I, I will never feel love like this with anyone ever again, but I do hope to love someone the way that I love Tyler Cameron. Like, just, like, give me someone to root for, as you said, and someone who's, yeah. like, who fits, who fits into a reality narrative without it being, like, just really tired and boring. So, you know. Maybe maybe that will happen, and the yeah. wo- the women will br- the women will have to bring it. But usually, that's a good yeah. season. Like Sean Lowe is boring, Brad Womack is boring. It's fine. But like we remember women from those. Yes, maybe not Brad Womack season. Who was well, Brad? It was um, Emily Maynard, uh, who he didn't end. Emily up with. Maynard was like the only one I remember. But like I remember some of the women from Sean Lowe's season. Yeah, definitely. Right? And you know, eyebrows. Yes, Tierra. Leslie Murphy. Like, there were good, there were good characters. Loved Leslie Murphy. Also, Chris Souls had, like, the all-time greatest women. Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, we got yeah. so much from that. Jade, Christine, uh, what's her name? Chris, uh, I've, like, lost the brain function. Caitlin. And Caitlin Bristow. Although, was she with, she was with Juan Pablo, actually, I think. Becca Tilly yeah, was Becca that Tilly, season. Yeah, Becca Tilly, Ashley I, like, just so many of them. So. Yeah. And he was a complete dud. Yes. So. There is hope. I will say, like, I have a bachelor group text, all sports writers. You know, we watch <laughs> this. But a lot of them last night were not watching, or on Monday night, we're not watching the premiere. And there was a lot of, like, should I watch? And I, I sent them Jody's article, which is brilliant. She calls— Check it out. She, she, I'm still laughing about it. She called Zach the Megan of matrimony, like, the <laughs> AI— and I like literally spit out my drink when I when she filed it and I first read it because it was like the the most the best line I've read on the ringer lately. Um, and there's been a lot of good lines. Shout out, go read our website. But I've been trying to say, like, everybody seems really boring right now, but maybe the fact that Zach is kind of bland, it'll allow the women to shine and to kind of play off of each other and the drama can kind of bounce off of him and stuff, and we'll get to maybe where we need to be. But <laughs> right now it's a little. You know, we want to give people a reason to watch and to listen and read the content, consume the content. So I know um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be more positive. Here, optimistic. I'm sorry. I'm going to be. I'm going. I'm going to get there. I really will. It's like you know, just first date. We'll, we'll we'll move on. He just has to get his settings right. Yeah, exactly. Like AI bachelor <laughs> bot settings. <laughs> Lindsay, thanks so much for joining me. For more of Lindsay, she's all over NFL coverage, including on Slow Newsday, and a force behind much of what you're reading when it comes to football on TheRinger.com. So please check it out. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. This podcast is not over yet. Now, let's hear from the man himself, Zach Shawcross. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. All right, it's official. I think I've discovered the ultimate coupling of all time. Like any good relationship, they really balance each other out. One is super sweet, and the other, well, they can be a little nutty sometimes. It is, of course, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. So perfect, some would call it true love. Find Reese's now at a store near you. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee eBay knows that when it comes to jewelry, authenticity is the real gem. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, it means your next piece will be carefully inspired by jewelry experts and will always be worth its weight in gold. Whether you're looking to make a statement or build the perfect everyday look, eBay is making sure you get the real deal. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that jaw-dropping piece will always arrive jaw-droppingly real. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. 
when you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. And now, welcome to Bachelor Party, Zach Shalcross. Zach, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me. How are you feeling? You're the bachelor. What's your What's your primary emotion? I, I don't think I have one. I think it's like a million. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's obvious excitement. I mean, the nerves, the anxiety, but mainly excitement. That's great. All I can ask for. What's your plan for watching the show? Like, will you be watching in isolation? Do you have like a like a security blanket? Will you have family with you? Like, what's your plan for surviving this experience? That's a great question because last season, I mean, every time I was ever on TV, I was just pacing the room. I think I was <laughs> hugging a pillow. I was like, I couldn't look. So this time around, it'll be a little tough. I think for the first episode, watching it with the family, watching it with some friends, but all the other ones... No way. By myself <laughs> in a dark room. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. But where do you live? Because I was confused if you lived in Anaheim or Texas. And I, I just wanted to clear it up. Yeah. Yeah. So I was born and raised in Anaheim. So all my family's out in Anaheim, Southern California, but I live in Austin. Got it. Are you a Disney adult? Like, are you really into Disney World? No, but I wouldn't <laughs> mind going. I've never been to Disney World, but I've, you know, a few times. Disneyland. Did, yeah. Yeah. Wait, only a few? Probably uh, no more than eight. Okay. I actually, I think that's shocking. People from Southern California, I lived there for a while, are obsessed with Disneyland. So I assumed like natives, like Southern California natives, I assumed being from Anaheim, you'd be really into it. Did you ever have those, like the seasons pass? Oh, so I did a few times when I was way younger, but you know, the, the amount of times we actually went, but funny enough, So my uncle is a big part of Disney and he voices soaring over California. So Patrick Warburton. Yeah. Yeah. So he would, he'll be putty. Always putty, putty or crock to me. (laughs) Uh, But we would do family uh, reunions out at Disney every other year or so. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. We got the full treatment. It was awesome. I mean, I was already just idolizing my uncle. Like, Oh my God, he's the voice of the pilot. Oh my God. He's (laughs) crock. And then we just got to do Disney a really cool way. That's even more surprising. You've only been eight eight times maximum. What's your favorite Seinfeld episode? The Devils. When he's <laughs> screaming the Devils. I. It's so funny because it's like I haven't watched every single Putty episode, even though there's only like really a few in the grand scheme of it all. They're iconic, though. They're iconic. He's very memorable. Mine's Desperado, for sure. It's very funny. Do you know that one? I don't think I've watched that one. I believe it's with him. He and Elaine are in the car and he like won't let her talk during the song Desperado. And it's it's really funny. He like loves the eagle. The character loves the eagles, the band, not the, the football team. So why did you want to be The Bachelor? Good question. For a long time, I didn't want to be The Bachelor. Do they have to co- coax you into it? A little bit. Like I was reached out to a few weeks or so after filming The Bachelorette. And I was just honored and shocked to be considered. So, I mean, I asked myself, do I really want to go through all of that again? Like what, like what's going to happen? I mean, it's really putting myself out there. I'm still trying to figure out what the hell happened last season. 
And it took quite a few conversations, but it really came down to the fact of, okay, like I know what I want. Like I'm ready to settle down and find my person with the show or without the show. And you know, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. Why not? Interesting. Do you have any crazy demands? Like I must be able to do X, Y, or Z? One demand. I needed music. Needed Interesting. It. Like listening to it? Needed listening to music, like having like a Spotify or just listening to podcasts, like anything to just kind of have an escape. Because, mm. you know, there's no phones or anything like that when we're filming. Sure. But if I had some pump up music before getting ready for a date, I mean, <laughs> made the world. <laughs> Is that not usually allowed? Well, not not typically. You know, you're saying? so busy getting ready for the the date, and there's like all this like pre stuff you have to do. Whereas, fortunately, if I had some free time, it's like all right, thirty minutes before we got to bounce to the date, I'm just bumping something. And wow, what's your go to date hype song for The Bachelor? So it, it changed a few times. So we were really big in, into actually The Killers, which isn't like hmm. not really a typical pump up. But then it, okay. it went into a little bit of, uh, I don't know, Fisher. He's like a, a DJ and, and me and the producers would just have our own little rave in the room. Nice. We, we went That's out. That's fun. <laughs> Did you ever listen to podcasts while you were filming? Yes. A lot of podcasts. Like what? Wow. This is, this is exciting. As a podcast professional, delighted to hear it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really big into... I love the, the All Things Comedy podcasts. So oh. I love like Tiger Belly, uh, Bad Friends, or I listen to sports ones like Pardon My Take. Anything to kind of just separate and take, you know, the mind off the current moment sometimes. A little... Yeah. Can I recommend the Bill Simmons podcast to you? Okay. I'll write it down. Yeah. What about... And Ryan Rosillo. I think if you like Pardon My Take, you'll like Ryan Rosillo. You've probably heard, heard Ryan on Pardon My Take. I love Ryan Rosillo. He's so funny. Ryan's my colleague. Great guy. Um, oh, really? Yeah. This is a Ringer podcast, as is Ryan's and Bill Simmons. So check it out. Are you a sports fan? Big sports fan. I played college football, played through high school, and just a diehard football fan, really. So does that make you a Chargers fan? It's interesting because when I was growing up and trying to find out who my team would be, because I didn't start playing <laughs> till high school. My dad was a Raiders fan. And I, mm. once I started understanding football, I was like, why the hell would I be a Raiders fan? So I was kind of doing, you know, the free agency search, like who sure. I'm a fan <laughs> of. And I actually ended up, I've been a fan for nine or 10 years of the Texans. Really? I lived in Austin. Yeah. Like a JJ Watt guy or? Brian Cushing. Big oh. Brian Cushing guy and JJ Watt. Sure. Wow. And DeAndre Hopkins was there for a while, right? Hopkins was there for a while, Whitney Marcellus, but they haven't had a winning season in God knows how long. So I'm, I might go into free agency next year. <laughs> the first season of Hard Knocks that I watched, I think ever, was the Texans one. So I remember those Texan teams pretty well and like cushion, get it, like not getting the job and then getting the job or whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that guy was a madman. The guy was just like headbutting people without a helmet on. And I was like, this guy's badass. I'm in. <laughs> So like, what were some other things that you did while you were filming to like maintain your inner peace and like feel tethered to reality? Because I imagine it's hard to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It it is pretty tough. I mean, in the beginning for the first couple of weeks, I mean, you're just running on so much adrenaline and just moving A to B constantly just because all the, you know, stuff is in LA, all the filming's in LA. And that was actually the most difficult part. But when it kind of took a toll on me where it's just like, Oh my God, I'm exhausted. Like we're getting, you know, a few hours of sleep sometimes a night. I was 
like really into reading and then also just, you know, hanging out with actually like my inner core of the producers I was with 24 seven, we actually all became great friends through it all. So it was almost like hanging out with buddies. So I would just have that time to just decompress with them, which was a surprise to me because it's like the producer and then my relationship, but it actually ended up being more. That's awesome. What were you reading? I'm big into Stephen King. Oh, interesting. Okay. Stephen King. Like, I think my my goal is to finish every Stephen King book. And I think I'm like 16 in right now. How many does he have? Like 59 or something. Oh my God. So you've got a way to go. But 16 is impressive. They're long. They're long books. But I love a good (laughs) thriller. Have you watched like the adaptations of like after you read a book? Do you go to like the movie or the TV show or whatever? Well, they always disappoint. So no, I really don't. I I don't. Do you like, are you into horror in general? I love it. Big fan. Yeah. Are you? you? mm, Horror, I get too scared. I love to read though. So that's cool. (laughs) But I, I, I don't like ever read horror type stuff, but I respect it. I think reading is the, is, is great. And I like just in general, encourage everyone to read whatever they like. Honestly, it sounds really stupid, but it's true. It's like a, it's just like a great refuge. I mean, it's also like totally personal and then you can share it with other people if you want to, but that's, that sounds really nice. And it helps with sleep. I found. Yeah. Like if you sleep before bed, whole, I mean, you don't need melatonin or anything. You're good. Yeah. Do you, did you get to watch any TV? No, no. You were, you were really kind of off the face of the earth for, you know, the several months of filming. Like you really are just out of it. If you had wanted to vote, would you have been able to? I don't know if you did or you didn't. If, if you don't want to, you don't have to say, but like, if you're like, I really want to vote in the midterm elections, would that have been possible? Like, could you have gotten like an absentee ballot? I, I, I believe so. I believe so. But I didn't know what day of <laughs> the week it was half the time. So, <laughs> but yeah, they, they would have uh, accommodated that for sure. Interesting. It must be so weird. What was the biggest difference between this experience and being a contestant on Rachel's season? Rachel and Gabby, excuse me. I think... The biggest difference, and it hit pretty quick, was the amount of time expected of you and the lack of sleep. So like with Mm -hmm. The Bachelorette, you know, you either have a one-on-one date or not, or you're either on the group date or you're not. And in those in-between days, you know, you're, you're laying low, you're at the mansion, you're with the other guys. So there's some rest. On this side, it's every one-on-one date, every group date, which is awesome. And then it's straight to a ceremony. And then that night or that early in the morning, you're on a flight to the next location. And then you do a date that next morning. And it's like, it took its toll on me, like pretty hard, like halfway through the season of just like my body, like, like gave up. I mentally, I was all good, but physically with no sleep, like it just, it kicks your ass. It sounds really rough. What was some of Sean Lowe's best advice? I feel like we, he must've given you more than what we saw on, on the first episode. It's like, what did he, what did he tell you? And like, who else gave you advice of like what to do and how to, how to make it? Yeah. Well, Sean was great because, you know, it was right before night one, he came over and the nerves are still really high at this point of like, Oh my God, I'm going to be back in the mansion. I'm going to be in front meeting 30 women. Like how the, like, how the hell am I going to do it? Like, am I, you know, supposed to be here, you know, asking all myself, you know, asking myself all those questions. And he just put, like, I don't know. He just brought in this feeling of being calm and just not taking it too seriously of just like, dude, you've got this, like make, make it fun. Like, don't take it too seriously. 
you know, as cliche as it sounds, just like be yourself. Don't change because the cameras are what, you know, people might expect of a bachelor or what you think you've heard is the right way to be a bachelor. Just do it your way and just have fun with it because I don't take life too seriously. But, you know, in my mind, it was like, oh, it's this big thing of the bachelor and I got to do it right. And he was just like, no, throw that out the window. Like, you got it. You'll figure it out. Like, there's no right way to do it. He seemed very calm when he was talking to you. Also, I I think look one of his the best things like he can bring whenever he's like the advice giver is that it was very clear from watching the show like he was not focused on Catherine until halfway through like he told you like it, it was totally surprised that she, he was the one she chose but obviously you know when it's right it's right and here here they are many children later did that impact the first night for you like did, like did you carry that with you like how did you think about like how to navigate finding extra time with someone you really care about. Well, like going into this whole thing and especially night one, I made sure to not set any like guidelines or rules or like specific ways to navigate it. Like I just went in almost moment by moment. Like I'll figure it out. Like the heart knows what the heart knows or the heart wants what the heart wants and you'll figure it out. So on night one, my biggest concern was just making sure I, I spoke with as many women as possible. Now, I don't know how much of those conversations will be sh- you know, shown, but that was my main concern. And then as probably time, not much. Yeah, probably. It's, no, it's a, a two hour television episode. So, but you know, only a little bit, <laughs> tiny bit, tiny bit. But that being said, like regardless of the TV show or not, my concern was just, I wanted to, you know, speak with as many as possible mm-hmm. because everyone like, like really should have a shot at, uh, at least we get to meet and see if there's a spark. And then as time went on, then it was pretty apparent, like, oh, all right, all right there's like a huge spark here or the chemistry is insane. So, you know, let's uh, let's talk with her again. <laughs> cool. One thing you shared on The Bachelorette was that you had lo- lost a lot of weight and that was like very meaningful to you and, and like part of, you know, your own narrative. How has it been watching yourself on TV? Like, was that some like both from the physical perspective, but also just like mentally you know, sharing that, I I felt like I learned something about you, which, and I also was like curious what that experience was like, because I imagine it must be difficult. And I was just curious, like if that has played a part in your television experience. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I think it's a little bit of both of just, you know, the, the physical aspect, like watching myself. And then it's also, you know, the thought that I'm even on TV is just wild to me, you know, with the, the, you know, being shirtless a lot like last season you know it's not expected that much you know a few hot tubs here and there but you sure. know bachelor it's law like hey your shirt's coming off like several <laughs> times daily maybe <laughs> did you feel like you could say no if you wanted to uh, yeah absolutely absolutely but like part of it was like a you know a, a challenge for myself of like you know like accepting, you know, who I am, what I look like. And and that was a tough battle for me for years. And in a way I looked at it as like, this is the biggest test of, you know, like, can I do this? Like, I, I, I I love the way I look like regardless of of what I used to think I I looked like in this. And it was empowering to be honest. Like I was like, wow, okay. Like I can do it. Like I can stand in front of a, um, a cameraman filming me in the shower, scrubbing my chest. Like you asked me two years ago, I'd, at that thought, I'd throw up. Like I'd be like, "No way! Are you kidding me?" Yeah, that's cool. It was a, it was a huge uh, step for me, for sure. That's awesome. And 
Thank you for answering. I know that's like a, a pretty personal question. So I, I appreciate uh, the the answer and everything. And in, in general, like, did your perception of Rachel and Gabby change based on being the lead? Like af- after going through it yourself? Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't say night and day, but I'd say pretty damn close because mm. you only see half of it really, or you don't even really see half of it on the contestant side. You see really just a, a small chunk. When you're on this side, you see the big picture and you just understand kind of the, I don't want to say workload, but it's a workload of of everything going mm-hmm. on. And you can completely imagine some of the decisions that have been made in the past of leads based off of just 15 things going on at once while you're exhausted, while you're sleep deprived. And you're like, wow, it's it's a lot. And I, I feel for everyone. But it's an awesome experience, but it's also like you, it's so unique and there's nothing to ever compare it to really. So it's like, you're constantly doing something new. You're being challenged every day with something new and you just try to do your best. And that's what they all tried to do. And that's what I tried to do. Have you talked to Rachel since you got back from being the bachelor? No, no. Any interest? No, no. I I mean, I think it, it really, you know, ended pretty well, like after mm-hmm. the, I guess it was the second or the second to last episode. Or the yeah. The general finale times. Yeah. General finale time. You know, I, I, you know, had that closure, you know, it, you know, there's no hard feelings for her. Um, and I do wish her the best. Um, but you know, right now it's just been so busy to where it's like, I've hardly spoken with anyone in the bachelor world, like post filming. Cause it's just been, you know, are you friends with anyone from your season? Like any of the guys? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a few really good buddies that we're just, we're, we talk every day, like Nate Mitchell. Oh, nice. Yeah. We got Nate, Tyler, Ethan, and Avon are like, like my four closest buddies from that show. But oh, I have, oh, nice. I have uh, Daniel Tully from Michelle's season. He's the one that nominated me and he's like one of my best friends. Oh, interesting. I can't remember him off the top of my head, but how's Tyler doing? Last we saw him, he was really hurting. Is he doing better after Paradise? I mean, you know, where's he at? I know. I, I love Tyler and he's a big sweetheart. And it sucks to, like seeing him, you know, go through that because he's he has this massive heart. You know, he's he's looking for love, but he's just been dealt a few bad hands or bad cards. Yeah. But he's doing well now. <laughs> and I, I love the guy to death. Very, very sweet guy. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. Well, Zach, I, I wish you the best on this journey. I mean, is there anything you're really nervous for? Like anything, like not, not even like, you know, watching the show, but like, is there something in your head? Like, I just got to get through this one hurdle and then I can just be Zach. Any, anything you're phased out by? Or can you even be phased out anymore after being The Bachelor? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, the whole thing is pretty shocking. Like, I mean, I've, I've watched most of, you know, the first episode and and it was really good. And I just know that things get very juicy and dramatic later on. And I, like, I'm nervous to see that. And I don't know how it's going to be fully, you know, shown, but it's, it's almost like I, I want to just burn through the episodes, watch them and then just <laughs> boom, start my life after the show, you know, and see how that sure. goes. But, but how can you ever like foresee what that actually looks like? That sure. That actually reminds me. So did you move back to Texas? Are you like back in Austin? 
So I'm, I'm moving back to Austin full time in a few months, but right now nice. with all the press and all the you know with the family, I'm just laying low key. This is the the best I can do to just kind of stay out of the heat of everything. It's mm-hmm. just being in a small town of Anaheim Hills, so it's like you know don't want to go out. That sounds too. sounds lovely. Do you have do you have a go to breakfast taco spot in Austin? So I'm actually uh, I can't eat eggs. Unfortunately. What? Oh my goodness, that's awful. Devastating. I used to eat like a dozen a day in the football days. And then one day in Austin, about a year and a half or two years ago, I went to the doctor and learned I have an egg intolerance. And it would literally make me sick for three days straight, like call out of work. God, that's devastating. But I do love, you know, one in a million is pretty good. But I also, uh, my favorite one is, uh, I mean, it's been years since I can't eat eggs. That's so that's so brutal. I, I can't believe it. It's like, what do you order when you go out for breakfast or brunch? I don't want to eat breakfast anymore. I can't. It just like put me off totally. I was like, well, sh- shit, I, I can't eat pancakes every day for breakfast. So it's like... No. Wow. So you just like... So yeah, you wake up and like, what do you eat? What's the first thing you eat in the, in the morning? I chug either black coffee or okay. green tea. And I, I mean, I love... I love a good bagel. Like that is like mm, me too. I'm gonna do breakfast. Like I mean, loaded up too with everything. Like you know, obviously, either like a sandwich or like the cream cheese, like salmon capers, all that. Load that up. Big fan. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you get a great bagel in New York. There's plenty of options. You know, check check out Barney Greengrass. Maybe it's on the Upper West Side. Might be out of the way for you. Zabart's is really good. Locks Murray's. Russ and daughters. There's a lot of good options. You'll, you'll, it'll be great. I know. I, I, um, I actually have to write this down. <laughs> I'll send it to your publicist. Don't worry. I hope you have a, a great uh, launch week. I hope you're having a great launch week and looking forward to watching your season. Thanks, thanks again for, for coming on the pod. Thank you, Juliet. I appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 